Shalom and welcome to It's All About the Aliyah. This is Who is a Jew? Part two. Carrie, let's get right to it. <laughs> Who is Jewish? You know, we've been walking through our our course, actually, yeah. Yeah. and um, understanding the return of the Jewish people to Israel. Aliyah. Aliyah. Go up. Go up to Israel. And we've looked at uh, Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. and discovered that he was the first Jewish guy on the planet. He um, he crossed over, right. which means cross over Hebrew. He's the first Hebrew. He crossed over, and uh, God made a covenant with him. That's right. And that covenant had to do with the land, not just that he would be Abraham's God and that he would bless him. But it had to do with land. Mm -hmm. Yes, theology has to do with geography also. Very practical. Yeah. Very practical. So uh, Abram eventually made it over to the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, Eretz Israel. And there then God gave him a sevenfold promise, Genesis 12. He established a covenant with him. Genesis 15, that covenant is for one day. That covenant is only if you're good. And no, no. That, that covenant was forever. Yeah. God reaffirmed the covenant with Abraham, son of the promise, Isaac, in Genesis 17, uh, our Genesis 26. And so uh, we see God established this covenant with the Jewish people, mm -hmm. with the land forever. So that established the first part of our um, understanding of Israel. Who, What is Israel? Who is Israel? Mm -hmm. Israel's a land. And Israel's people. It's a people. And it really is the foundation of why we do what we do. It, you know, we, we talk about prophecies. In fact, prophecies are very popular in Christian circles. And prophecies validate what we do. But the foundation of, of the, the, the work of Aliyah comes from this covenant that you're speaking of. The, the fact that God promised this land and the, the fact that they would always be able to return even though there was disobedience and there was there were times when they were scattered there was a promise that they would be returning in this latter days and we are living in those days and have an opportunity to be a part of it we are we are in those days and gary and i are referring to uh, a course and maybe you're looking for a, a bible study that you could teach say um beginning in the summer or beginning after easter or maybe you want to enhance your own learning and go through it yourself. And uh, Ezra International has a Bible study and, called Aliyah, Understanding the Return of the Jewish People to Israel. And our new CEO, Pat Frame, wrote the study. It's available on our website, EzraInternational.org. And you can order the workbook. It's a beautiful little workbook. It's in eight lessons. And uh, then if God leads you to teach it, order also the PowerPoint 
so you can show the PowerPoint while you're um, presenting it to your group or your Sunday school or your church. And if you're too scared to do that, <laughs> invite Gary or invite me to your church and uh, we can present a lesson or two or the whole course. Huh? You know, if you want to do a uh, Saturday workshop or something like that. So Good. that's uh, EzraInternational.org. Invite us, teach it, learn it. Uh, you'll be blessed. Extremely blessed because it, it really is a lesson on the faithfulness of God. Uh, you know, I, I often think about people uh, having question or doubt about their faith, a, a question, does, does God exist? Is he real? All we have to do, Carrie, is look at his promises and how they are being fulfilled before our very eyes to know, to have reassurance that God's word is true, he is real, and he is still active on the earth today. You, you, you're right. There's uh, so many of my friends, so many people in church, um, so many people out there are really scared these days yeah, and thinking, oh, we're we're in, you know, this has to be the worst of the worst. Well, if you study history, uh, the world has been through worse times um, or equally as bad times. Yeah. But um, we you and I and the, and our colleagues and people who understand God's word in this respect have this this hope that oh, keeps us focused oh yeah yeah uh, and and shows us what God the good God is doing now in spite of all that's going on amen I you know I call it the order in the chaos Carrie because you know, all around us is chaos. You know, all around us we see this, and and as you said, this has been the state of the world, a fallen world, for, since the beginning of time. We just happen to be the generation witnessing our our current chaos. Uh, but the order in that chaos is that when we can see, even through uh, times of, of of war, times of economic downturn, uh, even even you know severe economic collapse. God uses these situations to bring his people home. Now, some might question that, but, you know, he's he's performing, he's allowing uh, this fallen world to do its thing. But in the midst of that, he's doing his thing. And he's looking for people like you and I and, and people who are watching today to be a part of, of what he is doing, his purposes. He's rescuing. He's redeeming. He's um, getting ready for Acts chapter 3, which we're going to do next week. And Acts chapter 3, you think, oh, wait, that's that's the church. That has nothing to do with Israel. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, it yes, has it a lot does. to do with Israel. So you'll have to tune in next time. Yeah. But um, so we were looking at uh, who is Jewish. And if you were to go out on the streets of uh, your Florida city, or if I went out onto the streets of my university town here and asked, um, who is Jewish, you know, <laughs> what would the, what would the people say? And they might say, Oh, Steven Spielberg, he's, he's Jewish or the Jews are, well, on my college campus would say, Oh, they're the oppressors or, oh, that uh, 
Yeah. If you're walking on the streets of New York City or maybe uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, you'll say, uh, you know, the the ones that walk at the black back jackets and the and the white shirts and the you know the or or the ones who have the the curly hair on the sides so those are the impressions most americans would have probably of jewish people yeah but you and i have friends um jewish friends who whose skin is black yeah or whose eyes are blue mm-hmm. and hair is blonde yeah uh who live in israel or who um were from yemen uh, who are from Poland or from Brazil? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mexico, uh, El Paso. Which uh, might be shocking to a lot of people. And so let's let's address that, Carrie. Uh, after the break, we're up against up against a hard break. Let's take that break and let's talk about you know who really is Jewish. All right. All right. We'll be right back. In his dream. Jacob saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder to heaven. Joshua and the Israelites were commanded to go up to take Jericho. Pilgrims sang songs of ascent as they went up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts. And Jesus, the anointed one of Israel, went up to the Mount of Olives to pray, thus changing the history of the world forever. On behalf of Ezra International, we want to welcome you to this Bible study about Aliyah, the Hebrew word for to go up, to ascend. We are so excited for what you're about to learn. This course has been compiled by experts with decades of hands-on experience in the prophetic restoration of the Jews to their land. The lessons are systematically arranged to help you understand the scriptures regarding the return of the Jews to Israel and how we, the Gentile believers and a Jewish Messiah, have been called to join the Lord as He brings His children home. It is our prayer that you will purchase this workbook and join us in this marvelous work of restoration of Israel. Just as the God of Israel is calling His people to ascend to the land that He promised them, He is calling Christians to participate in His glorious plan. To receive this workbook and increase your understanding of God's end-time plan, go to EzraInternational.org and click on Store. You'll see Aliyah, Understanding the Return of the Jewish People to Israel Workbook. Order yours today and partner with God and Ezra International in bringing the Jewish people back home. All right, welcome back. We are talking about who is Jewish. Carrie, you said before the break, uh, there there are Jewish people in Mexico, in in Amarillo, in South America. You know that might surprise some in our audience, unless they've been watching this program for a while. Um, tell me about that. Well, you know, even growing up in a small town in Illinois, uh, I didn't. Jewishness wasn't on my radar. I went to the Methodist church. I went to school. But looking back, I was, oh, that person was Jewish. That family was Jewish. You know, the light bulb clicked on. And then when I came to college, um, was involved with a a lot of Jewish people and then studied um, the history of the Jews and, and and the Holocaust in college. But uh, in this course, 
we were looking at, okay, the iconic, um, readily available image in our mind, Einstein. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we also looked at um, anti-Semitic views of the Jew and and, uh, caricatures. And then we looked at the Bible and who does God say the Jewish people are and why? And he said, I, I chose you because I love you. You're my treasured possession. You're going to carry my word to people like us. Yeah. I chose you just because I love you. You're not, you're not better. You're not bigger. You're not brighter. You're right. Um, I chose you because. He chose. Yeah. He chose. I love you. And and like you said, he but because of them, we are here. I mean, uh, Paul tells us Romans 3, 2, unto them we're given the oracles of God. The word of God came to us because they preserved it and, and shared it, and the world has benefited from it. I know my life has been changed drastically Amen. because of what the Jewish people have preserved for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the anointed one that has come through the Jewish people. That's right. Uh, to be my anointed one. Amen. See, you know, Carrie, I'd like to address that because you know that's so important. It's very profound. There, in fact, there's a profound passage in the ch- in chapter two of uh, Luke. Where, it, where most people read it with you know in December and they read about the birth. But if you keep going and and Jesus grows up, Yeshua grows up, and he, you know, his parents come looking for him. Remember, he's left behind in, in Jerusalem. Well, verse 51 of Luke chapter two says that he went back to Nazareth and was subject to them. Now, how could he have been subject to pagan parents? There had to be. A, a set of people on this planet that were obeying God's word, the Torah observant people, so that he could be subject to them and not be disobedient to his heavenly father. That's profound and very much overlooked when we read that passage. It just it's just kind of skim by it. But that's why God had to prepare a people to bring our Messiah through. And they didn't go to church. They right. went to synagogue. Um <laughs> Even hmm. though it's Luke, <laughs> the synagogue, um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So, um, well, then speaking of um, the Jews throughout the centuries, um, let's look at at what the Orthodox Jews say: who a Jew is. Mm-hmm. Um, broadly, there are three categories of Jewish belief: Orthodox, the the most. Um, I wouldn't want to say devout, but the most conservative, the most strict. They're the ones that wear all of the black clothes and and things like that. Then the conservative and then the reform. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at the orthodox view of who is Jewish, the traditional rabbinic definition. And of course, um, the first thing is your mother has to be Jewish. Yeah, yeah. 
And and I and we understand that because of the, of scriptural reference. I mean, when you know, if you look to Ezra chapter ten, there's a whole chapter based on the fact that they they were worried that the men had married pagan women after they'd come back from Babylon, and that they were going to be assimilate. They they were this was a problem, and they ended up having to put away those wives. And it says because of the word of God, because of you know God's desire. And when you have to look back then. Where do we see that? Deuteronomy chapter seven, the same place you know you just referenced about is the chosenness. We we read that they are not to take wives from the 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 people they conquer because of again this the the worry of the same reason that they would assimilate. So there is scriptural evidence to why the rabbis have this uh, matrilineal uh, view of of who's Jewish. That's really interesting because uh, I was thinking of the practical, you know, if I'm a mother and I give birth, there's, you see it. It's, yeah. it, uh, it's it, true it's too. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the Orthodox rabbis say your mom has to be Jewish, then you're Jewish. Yeah. Or you can convert. And uh, you must be approved by a whole council, go through the mikvah. If you're a man, you must go through circumcision. And so um, that's who's Jewish. Why do we care who's Jewish in our line of work? Well, that's important. We'll get to that um, in a few minutes. So this is really important. Now, uh, conservative uh, the conservative movement, they have uh, a, a conversion process of about 18 weeks. It's, it's mm-hmm. a serious commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, Reform Judaism um, has a conversion process and a mentorship program. And in 1983, I just looked this up to make sure. In 1983, the Reform Jewish movement said, Okay, you're Jewish if your father is Jewish. So they made it patrilineal as well as right. through through the mother. Um, and one other interesting thing in Israel, you must be married by a rabbi. Mm. So people get around it and um, get married elsewhere, and then try to get in into the land. So yeah. if you're not a religious um Jew. So is that a Jew? Are you Jewish only if you're religious? Well or only if you self-identify? What? Well obviously we're gonna have to talk about the right of return because that this it does get a little bit complicated. Um so when I mean we're gonna take a, a second break here, but when we return, we need to try to unwrap a little bit about this uh you know uh right of return versus who is a Jew conflict. It does, it, it, it is get, it gets a little confusing, but obviously we've been navigating this for a long time. So it, it, it works. We'll be right back. Okay. Ezra International Global Network is now on Rumble. And you can even watch us on your Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, or your Roku device. It's simple. Here's how to do it. First, download the Rumble app on your device. Then search for Ezra International Global TV Network. You can watch our live 24-7 channel and our weekly shows anytime you like. Oh, yeah. And you can also go to our website and download our Ezra International app and take us with you wherever you go. Ezra International, we're there for you. 
All right, welcome back. We are talking about the uh, who is a Jew question, who is Jewish, and the right of return and the confusion that often surrounds that, Carrie. Can you help clarify this for our audience? Okay, so uh, in order to go home to Israel, you have to prove that you're Jewish. And Israel has a definition of who is Jewish. They take into consideration what the rabbis say, but the state of Israel has their own definition. And believe it or not, that definition can be traced back to Hitler. Mm. And we said, well, in Hitler had two ideologies, the master race and living space. Of course, he was in the master race Jews were considered, being Jewish was considered a race, yeah. not a religion, right. a race. At first, the Nuremberg Law said three or more of your grandparents had to be Jewish and then you're Jewish. But then the noose kept tightening and they said one of your grandparents, if you are Jewish if only one of your grandparents, one or two of your grandparents are Jewish, and um, there is to be no mixture of races. So we move up to Israel becomes a nation in 1948. And in 1950, Israel's right of return, they pass a law. And that law says, you are Jewish, if you can establish and prove that one of your grandparents Mm -hmm. is Jewish. The same, uh, it harkens back to Nazi Germany. Yeah. And uh, so Israel is a safe haven for those who would have been murdered in the gas chamber back then. Israel is a safe haven now if you can establish that at least one of your grandparents is Jewish. Right. And because the reason for it, if Hitler could consider you Jewish, then then we need to consider you Jewish because it was, as you said, a safe haven. Carrie, one of the questions that often comes up I'd like to address when, I, when I'm speaking uh, in, in uh, locations is what about DNA? And I, I just want to address that because we are obviously trying to address questions in this program. Uh, DNA is not uh, by itself a method for proving Jewishness, but it has been used to establish a link between family members. Um, one of what you know, if somebody cannot get their papers together, but they have a relative who's already established their Jewishness and living in Israel, they can do a DNA test to see if the two are related and use it in that instance, but not just solely to prove your Jewishness. And it's so interesting, yeah, it can bolster yeah. their case, yes. Uh, and and that's another part of the law 20 years later. In 1970, they said, okay, also, you know, your children, grandchildren, your spouse, even if they're not Jewish, they can come over here um, to preserve families, to keep families together. So um, going back to Hitler, uh, the war is over. World War II is over. Say there are survivors some of, um, you know, Jewish people held on, they survived or they fled, um, but they changed their identities. They changed their last name from Cohen to something else. Mm. Um, they hid the fact that they were Jewish. Well, now their ancestors want to go home to Israel. What right. do they do? 
Yeah. Yeah, they have to prove it. They have to prove it. And uh, that's where Ezra International, that word, uh, not me, the ones <laughs> over there are yeah. experts at they this. Are. Yeah. They can dig them. out those records. They'll wait in line in those offices. They'll, um, they know how to find records in other countries. We have a network. And the network is working together to help establish the Jewish identity of people who want to make Aliyah. Yeah, we have we've received so many thank yous from the Olim because they could not have have uh, waded through the bureaucracy and and found the documents that that, that our people find, and they're so grateful. Carrie, a quick story. Um, I you talked about you know, Nazi Germany, and then we talk about proving your Jewishness. I had the privilege of walking into uh, the home of a woman who was living with her son, and she had hid her identity uh, because her her mother gave her papers for a uh, uh, as a gentile for a gentile, and she pretended as a child to be a gentile girl because they were slaughtering the Jewish people of Ukraine. And you can't remember Babi R. She she had hid her identity for so many years, and now she was an adult, an older woman. Uh, I got to capture her her whole story on a GoPro camera. She was trying to prove her Jewishness, and Ezra International was able to prove her Jewishness. And this Holocaust survivor and her son were able to go to Israel uh, after all those years. So it's just a fantastic work that I, our people in the field are doing. You know, um, you think it's impossible. And you think, oh, Lord, I can't, I, I can't do it. Even if you don't pray to the Lord, you still think it's impossible. But um, mm -hmm. we know that it's possible. There is a way. Um, the rabbi with whom I studied for so long, his wife grew up in Berlin. She did not know she was Jewish. Mm -hmm. She learned she was Jewish uh, as an adult and met him in the synagogue in Berlin. He was the chief rabbi over all of uh, Eastern Germany after the war, and um, and they got married. Mm. Uh, so here's somebody who didn't know she was Jewish married the rabbi. And uh, yeah, um, so her ancestors uh, live in Israel. Amen. Beautiful. You know, we're, we're hearing stories. I've been to meetings uh, in South Florida, hearing stories uh, of deathbed confessions, grandmothers, great grandmothers telling their families that they are Jewish, you know, because they, they ended up in South America during the Inquisition. And all these years, they've hidden their identity. And now they're confessing or telling their families that they're Jewish. We're, we're, this is something I think is indicative of the, the day we're living in and and, why, and and God's bringing them home from the four corners of the earth. And this has to do with the restoration of Amen. all things. That's right. Not just my salvation, my personal, I have Jesus in my heart. Um it, it's so much bigger than that. And that's what we're going to look at next time we get together, the right. restoration of all things. And we think things are falling apart. Yes, they are. But God's also tidying things up and tying the bow on um, the restoration of all things. Amen. I can't wait. Uh, I look forward to that program. We are out of time. But uh, that, that, just to say, in, in closing, 
we we can't look myopically, right, Carrie? I mean, we think it, you mentioned just our situation, but God is doing this worldwide, and He is He is still on the throne. He is still faithful, so we don't have to we don't have to wring our hands because God's not wringing His. It's it's He's faithful. Amen. He is. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us again today. We we so enjoy bringing this word to you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you.